Our scripture text this morning comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8 through 36. And this is what it says. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppose them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. As we hear these words this morning, we hear words in the middle of Chronicles that probably remind us of a psalm, a psalm of praise. And what we hear are words that are indeed a song of praise by David, written and shared with Asaph and his associates, 
Some of the Levites who were priests who were charged to lead God's people in becoming and being a people of praise. And as we hear these words this morning, we hear words that maybe are familiar to us. Or they sound quite similar. That we've heard things like this before. We've heard them often. Because scripture, and in particular the Psalms, are riddled with words of praise. Call to praise like the ones here in our text this morning. But as we reflect on these words, on a call to praise, a call to worship that's extended, that's extravagant, I want to take a moment and maybe think of it in a slightly different way. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been connecting and talking together with the worship team here in Exeter, some members of it, and and thinking about where to go, what to do with the season of Lent in terms of preaching. One of the ideas that came out there was the idea that Lent is, is more than being about just giving something up for a short period. Oftentimes, it becomes almost like a New Year's resolution or Maybe we'd call it a 40-day fix, that we have a slight dietary change, a slight life change. And ultimately, what that's going to do is it's going to bring us an outcome of being a little more physically, mentally, or emotionally healthy. And so we give up social media, we give up coffee, we give up sweets, we give up something that probably is pretty good for us to give up anyway. But the reality is that if all we are doing is simply giving up something unhealthy, giving up something that ultimately we shouldn't be doing anyways or should be doing less of, and that's where it ends, then we're not really hitting the heart of Lent. Because Lent is a season where the church historically and traditionally focuses in looking ahead to Easter preparing their minds and their hearts to draw closer to God as we remember that most critical moment when God drew close to us, becoming flesh. Becoming flesh who became obedient to death, death on a cross. And so what I wanted to focus on and what I want to think about together is the idea of how we connect with God, how we draw near to God. And so we're going to be walking through a series called Staying Connected. And as as I was thinking about that and where to go, I was sitting in my office and looked up in my shelf and saw the bookshelf that has all the things I talk with young couples who are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, looking forward to getting married and doing pre-marriage counseling with them. Because we talk in those visits, in those meetings, about how the two will become one. And become connected. And how they're going to grow in love together. And one of the books that I use often is called The Five Love Languages. Maybe you've heard of that before. The idea is that each and every one of us is wired a little differently. We experience the sensation of feeling loved as well as show our love in different ways. Hence the five love languages. And so... I thought, as we wonder about how we connect with God, how we grow in our relationship with God, how might that work in terms of five love languages? So we're going to take a stab at trying out, viewing some of Scripture through the lens of those five love languages. 
And this week we start with words of affirmation. Because each and every one of us is different, not all of us come naturally to this. It's not natural for us to pay compliments either by speaking them or by writing them and encouraging others. That's just not how we're wired. That's not how we're working. Yet here in our text this morning, we find an example where God through David is instructing his people to give praise, to give honor, to give glory, to bring words of affirmation to him. And that might seem a little strange. That God instructs his people to name how great God is. That God instructs his people to remember the great things that God has done. Because if we think about our own personal relationships, maybe we've met someone, maybe we know someone in our lives who likes to receive praise. They like compliments. They like to hear the stories of the great things they've done and how great they are. Sometimes we meet people who like that a little bit too much. And we might think they're proud, self-centered, egotistical. And so when we read this psalm that's laid out or this song that's laid out that is about God telling his people to sing praise to him, we might wonder, well, isn't that a little bit self-centered? Isn't that a little bit egotistical of God? And perhaps we would have been right, except for the fact that there's a major difference between God and someone else who thinks they're worthy of praise. Because the reality is that we know that every single person we meet, ourselves included, that none of us are perfect. None of us are worthy of all praise. But as we hear in our text, as we remember, as we recognize, God is worthy of all praise. If God is the greatest, the best, the most worthy of praise, then is there ever too much praise that can be given Him? It's different. And yet, as we look at our text, we also see that this call to give praise, this call for God's people to name how great and glorious and loving and kind and faithful and forgiving God is, to remember the things that God has done, it's not just about God. It's also about His people and what inviting them to give praise does. You see, if we walked through this entire text again and named every command, every imperative verb, a you do this type of verb, we would find that it is riddled with them. There are over 20 you do this imperative commands given to God's people. More than that, 18 of them are different Hebrew verbs. So what David is speaking here to Asaph and his associates to then lead the people to sing over and over again is this expanse of the Hebrew language in bringing praise, in proclaiming the name of the Lord. It's an invitation to use all of their vocabulary to praise God. But something happens partway through where these commands as they're 
clipping away one after the next, praise the Lord, sing to him, sing praise to him, proclaim his name. Then all of a sudden we hit one and the commands stop. There's a moment for a few verses where David, Asaph, his associates, and the people of Israel pause from hearing commands. And it comes after the command to remember. You see, in the heart of this praise, this song of praise, this call to praise for all of God's people, there's a call to remember. Because for God's people, when they are naming God's goodness, His glory, His majesty, His splendor, His power, His love, His faithfulness, each and every one of those words is being lifted up to God, but is also being heard by themselves and those around them, causing them to meditate, to reflect, to remember God's goodness, His love, His faithfulness. When they share and proclaim among the nations what the Lord has done, His his great acts and marvelous deeds, they are lifting those up to God and in recognizing and naming God, you have done this and you are amazing while reflecting and remembering and reminding themselves God has done this. He is amazing. And so in the midst of this call to praise, we hear that God's people are called to remember. That their act of bringing praise to God is to bring God praise and glory, and it's also to strengthen them in their remembrance of who God is of what God has done. And in this way, as they are growing in their remembrance, as they are growing in their witness also to the nations by speaking of how great and wonderful God is and all the things He has done, they also are growing in their relationship, in their connectedness with God. Again, if we take the example of Moments and times in our lives where we see words of affirmation, words of praise and encouragement being shared. I think we see and we can understand that it's not only nice for the person who hears the word of praise, but there's a sense of connection, a sense of growing closer together, deeper in relationship that happens. That we've taken the time to not only notice how good and wonderful others are, but to notice what they've done. To not just leave it there, but to name it to them so that they know that we know that they are nice and kind and good. So that they know that we know that they've done these good things. And there's a growing that happens in those moments. And so too for God's people, When we praise God and glorify God and name to Him the great things He has done, how He is loving and kind and nurturing, how we have experienced Him in our lives, He's omniscient. He already knows. But when we lift our praise, we let Him know that we know that He is good and kind and loving. And we draw closer in relationship, deeper in relationship to our God. 
And so as we think in this Lenten season about how we not only give up things, how we not only give up unhealthy habits, but how we think about how we are living intentionally, striving to grow each and every day deeper into relationship with God. We find countless examples throughout Scripture of a call to praise, to be a people of praise. God's people are called to glorify and honor and praise Him, to name the things He has done, to name His goodness and His love and His faithfulness. So in this Lenten season, my question for us is do we do that? How do we do that? How often do we live as a people of praise? Again, for some of us, it might be uncomfortable. It might not be the love language that we are wired with. To be a people who speak praise and speak affirmation and encouragement. And if that's the case, then my challenge for this Lenten season would be to step outside of your comfort zone. To work actively at seeking to spend time daily this Lenten season from now till Easter to take a moment to speak aloud praise, honor, glory to God. Stories, experiences of the goodness of God that you have had in your life and to name them to God. To let Him know that you know that He has been good. To let Him know that you know that He has been faithful. Now not every one of us is going to be William Shakespeare or David or Asaph or any of the psalm writers. It can be simple in our own language. But it's a reflection, an intentional step to speak praise to our God. For others of us, maybe this comes very naturally. And it's easy for us to journal praise to our God, to speak words of encouragement. And so if that is the case, and we do this already, my challenge is to shine forth all the brighter using that natural tendency, that natural wiredness you have to be a person of affirmation, to speak affirmation and praise to our God daily from here up till Easter and beyond. To see how when we reflect on God's goodness, His faithfulness, His love, His splendor, His majesty, when we sing his praise, when we meditate on what he has done in our lives and in the lives of his people throughout history, that we too would grow in our relationship with God, growing deeper in our knowledge of him, reminding ourselves of how great our God is and how great the things he has done have been. So this Lenten season, we hear these words from 1 Chronicles 16, a call to praise, to use the expanse of our vocabulary, no matter how large or small that may be for each and every one of us, 
to sing praise to our God, to draw closer in relationship to our God, to remembering who He is and what He has done. May we truly be a people of praise. Amen. I invite you to bow your heads with me in a moment of prayer. God, our Heavenly Father, Lord, you are amazing. You are the creator of the world, and Lord, when we step back and see the beauty and the variety within your creation, we could be caught forever just dwelling on the depth of your creativity. God, you have created each and every one of us unique, different. And yet each and every one of us has the right gifts, the right calling, the right skills and talents to be exactly who you have called us to be. Lord, we pray that we would be a people of praise. We would be a people who use our gifts and our talents, our unique identities to worship you, to honor you, to glorify you, and to praise your holy name. That the nations would hear of your good deeds. That they would know of your faithfulness and your goodness. That we would be reminded of your presence and your activity and your working in our lives today and every day. God, we thank you. We thank you for how amazing you are. We thank you for how you continue to reveal yourself to us day after day. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.